the one blaming him with that. that. Austin Matthews, very good two-way forward. Nobody's saying Carson wants us to go. Oh, your team sucked, Parker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking, blasphemous. And I'll tell you why. What does that tell you? He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, you are. Listen, Gary. <laughs> I'm saying pick it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our special NHL trade deadline edition of the Daft Picks podcast. As always, I'm joined today by Parker. Hello. And we're going to get right into the biggest story in the past 24 hours. The Toronto Maple Leafs just lost to a 42-year-old Zamboni driver who is their practice goalie. I mean, we've seen this kind of thing happen before. Have we? The Who was the goaltender that the Blackhawks had? Scott Foster. Scott Foster, yeah. So we've seen this kind of thing happen before where an emergency goaltender who's like a bank teller just comes onto the ice and doesn't lose the game. That's not the same thing, though. Like, Scott Foster was the emergency goalie in Chicago that night. And, yeah, he was, like, an accountant or whatever. But David Ayers is the Leafs, like, practice goalie. Like, he plays practice with them a lot. And he is their AHL affiliate, the Marlies, Zamboni driver. Like, he plays for them. For all sorts of purposes, he's an employee of that team. And he just beat them 6-3. to three. Do you think that might have been an unfair competitive advantage because he already knows how they play? I'm going to say that the guys making 10, 11, and 12 million dollars probably have a better advantage than the Zamboni driver who has never played an NHL game in his life. Just playing devil's advocate here. <laughs> he still led in two goals on 10 shots, so he didn't play particularly well, but he still played better than what I think a lot of us expected. Considering we didn't have any expectations, yeah, sure. But good for him, that Rod Brindamore speech after the game made me want to run through a wall, and I'm not even a Hurricanes fan. Rod was one of my favorite players when he was playing, and he's becoming one of my favorite coaches. Dude, Rod the Bod, like, he could probably go out there and play himself. Yeah, so could Steve Eiserman, I think. I mean, would he want to play for the Red Wings right now? I don't even think Stevie Y would play for I feel like he would just be able to say that he can. He could probably be third line there. I can see that. More on topic, the deadline is coming up tomorrow at, like, what's it, 3 p.m. Eastern? 4 p.m.? I don't know. Something, something like that. that. It's in the early afternoon. So we've already had a few, a couple trades. We talked about a few of them last week, so we'll kind of skip over the Zucker and, like, deals like that. But this week we had Alec Martinez going down the coast to Vegas, Brennan Dillon to Washington, Teller Toffoli to Vancouver, and Blake Pickles Coleman going to Tampa Bay. Any thoughts on the players that were already acquired? Alec Martinez, the only thing I remember about him is that he had the game-winning shot against the Rangers yeah. in the Stanley Cup final. It Was it 2012, I think, or 2013? Yeah, something like yeah. that. And he used to be very good. And he's, he's still an excellent shot blocker, but he's just sort of... I, I feel like, I don't know if it's him or just the team around him, but he's kind of really slipped to being just a, an okay defenseman. No, I think he's still pretty good. I think this is a great pickup by Vegas. I think he's one of the very few rentals this year that's actually worth it. And they really didn't pay all that much. Like I don't remember what they paid for him, but I know it wasn't staggering. I, th- I think it was like a second or third round pick. Uh, yeah, I think it was actually two seconds, right? Yeah, and th- that's not bad for a guy who's, what, 31, 30? Yeah, 31, yeah. He's and so... like, he slots in their top four. Yeah, he's... He's a good defensive defenseman. Again, very good shot blocker. He's one of the league leaders in that every year. The only problem is that the past couple of years is he's been a couple, a uh, little bit injured here and there. Yeah. Durability's never been his big thing, but that's kind of any shot blocker, or really any defenseman. I mean, how many defensemen do you know that play all 82? 
<laughs> that's a that's a good one actually because uh, yeah I don't recall Brent Burns really getting injured that much. I know Eric Carlson has a lot. Victor Hedman, Drew Doughty get injured quite a bit. Yeah, I mean you can go down the list. Actually, I, I would say that I feel like Zdeno Chara hasn't really. I feel like he's been like an Iron Man. I mean, he's been around forever, though. I mean, you're not wrong. Actually, oh, no, uh, what am I saying? Uh, Keith Yandel. Yeah, Keith Yandel. Um, he, he's like the Iron Man, but then again, he's also not really a defenseman. He actually just told a story. Uh, do you listen to Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts? Nope. Okay. On the 31 Thoughts podcast of the past week, he was on Keith Yandel, that is, and he talked about his Iron Man streak that he had going. And I don't remember how long ago this was. It was whenever Ali Raisman had just won the Olympics. And we don't, like, she's a big hockey fan of the Bruins. And he had seen her in, like, a hallway after the game. And he, this is a game that he had a broken, like, break in his leg. And he was, and he talked to her after the game when he thought he was going to have to miss the next couple of games. And she said, yeah, I played, I did, I did the Olympics with, uh, like, a break in my ankle and my leg. Uh, you'll be all right, though. And he said, yeah, you know what? If this girl can go out there and, and win the Olympic gold medal, I think I could play a hockey game with a broken leg. And he's still killing it. Like... Keith Yandel might be the most underrated defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, I have him on my fantasy team, and he has a lot of points. He's a very good offensive defenseman, but I think the problem is that he's kind of playing second fiddle to Aaron Ekblad, and he's always going to play second fiddle to him because he's first overall pick. You know what, though? That's good, because you look at a guy like Keith Yandel who, I mean, he's not bad defensively, but he's not superior either. Like, letting him play his game, that's great for Florida, and, and especially in Quenville's system, like, that's... Awesome. Yeah, because I think he provides a good foil for Ekblad because Ekblad's a really a stay-at-home defenseman while Yandel's a fourth forward. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, they complement each other very well, I think. Yeah, and I mean, I love Ekblad too. That's well-known. But actually, speaking of Florida, we're going to get to them a little later in the show when we talk about the buyers and sellers. But right now, talking purely about the deals that could go down, who are you most surprised is still up on the board? I'm a little surprised with Chris Kreider. I mean, I recall him being the biggest name in what's a somewhat unspectacular trade deadline class because, I mean, it, it was like him and Jason Zucker. Yeah. And, I mean, they're good players, but they're not like, you know, it's not like... They're not make or break. Yeah. It's not like it's a like a Ben Bishop, right? for instance, or a... Who else was someone that got I mean, Taylor killed? Hall was Taylor a big Hall one, right? It, like, like, you know, it's not like that. And, like, a lot of the trades, I mean, we've seen that with a lot of trades that went down. Like, Brendan Dillon, he's like a, what, like a third-pairing defenseman? Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he gets a lot of hits, sure, but, I mean, if you're getting a lot of hits, that means you don't have the puck. But, see, you know what? I think this is one of the better, um, like, buy-sell classes in a while because it's very clear. There's no A-plus stars, right? Like, you're not coming out and trading for Taylor Hall or, like, couple years ago Jordan Everly. like you're going out and if you're a team that's like one piece short like I think of Dallas they're like one more depth piece short if they go out and get themselves somebody like kind of low-key like I think we'll get to him shortly but Ilya Kovalchuk with Dallas would be incredible or Joe Thornton like good little depth pieces Chris Kreider a little bit better than depth I think if he's I think you'll see a couple of like the teams that need a I really think the least will be on him. The thing I like about Kreider is that he's a very physical forward, but he also gets a lot of points. Yeah. So that's great for any team. But yeah, funny you were talking about the other free agents. I remember the one time where the star for some free agent class was Martin Hansel. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, why? And he that? hasn't played since. He, he's been injured, like, ever since he got traded. It's been, like, two, three years now. 
Yeah, Martin Hansel and Anton Vermet always seem to be like the two big guys who always seem to flip teams or be in the rumor. Well, Anton Vermet retired, if I recall correctly. I think so. It's been I mean, long enough. I mean, in my opinion, he's the best face-off guy in the league. But he was good. Staying on topic with New York, because Chris Kreider, he's going to have a no shortage of suitors. He's been rumored to go to the Leafs. I can see him going virtually anywhere because he only makes a hair under five. And, you know, he's on pace for 60-ish points. Like, that's that's a good acquisition for a team. But the question is what team have, I mean, what are you going to pay for him? I don't think his asking price is super steep because the Rangers have a nice collection of players. But it'll be more than what we've seen. He might, be a, he might have to get a first-round pick back because Blake Coleman... And that <laughs> trade to Tampa, that was a that was essentially two first round picks. And Blake Coleman's not worth that. No, that's that's fair. Now, Blake Coleman, I think he's a good player. He gets goals, he's a great penalty killer, and he's a solid all around forward, but he's not a superstar, and he's never going to be a superstar. He's a third line, maybe second line forward, and that was worth a first round pick and Nolan Foot. See, I'm gonna disagree with you. I don't think that Blake Coleman is a superstar. That much I will give you. However, he got goals on a team that can't score. He put up points on a team that can't produce. He got hits on a team that, while historically has been physical, is very, very weak. And he was one of the better defensive players, especially at center. Like, I think when you're talking in terms of good players, he kind of, of course, he's not a winger, but he kind of projects to be like Blake Wheeler. Like, if he goes to Tampa... What's, who's to say he can't develop? He's only 26. And power forwards like that typically do develop later. You know, he's a really good steal. And I don't think he was worth all that. But on the same token, I think it's a win for both teams. Tampa Bay doesn't need Nolan's foot. And they don't need that first round pick. Well, right. But it was a luxury that the team could have had. I mean, Nolan Foot projects to be a solid player. And he could have been someone that would fill in for, say, when Alex Kalorn's gone or Andre Palat's gone. Just slotted another winger to go play. See, he does project to be an NHL player, but he doesn't project to be like a skill player. Like he's not finesse, and he's really the the knock on Nolan Foot is his speed. He's he's not fast. He is, for all intents and purposes, he would probably be more of a third to fourth line guy for Tampa Bay. Like I don't unless they like undergo some drastic renovations there. Who is he going to slot in for? Because he doesn't have the speed to play alongside either of the top two lines. And unless you're waiting five years for him to develop he's not going to be defensively sound enough to take on the best players. I mean, he's an overager, too. I'm not saying they should have cut bait with him necessarily, but it was. I think that was a smart move. And that first-round pick, you still have your own. It might be the 31st. But all in all, that's not a bad trade for either team. And, I mean, New Jersey definitely gets a good deal there, too. Another big player that could be... Well, actually, just to circle back quickly. Oh, yeah. The one trade I just remembered was Andre Case to the Bruins. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> oh, man. That man puts up so many shots on net. Yeah, he hasn't absurd. really filled out his potential at Anaheim. Well, he's also, what, he got, like, what, like two concussions or something like that? And, like, he's, he's gotten a injured a bunch? He's a little unlucky injury-wise. That trade is basically Andre Kosh for a first-round pick and to take on David Backus <laughs> because... Yeah, the, yeah the, the Bruins won that trade. Yeah. By, by, by dumping Backus. Yeah. Which, the Anaheim Ducks don't need to win any trades. They just need to stockpile because they're rebuilding and we all know it. Circling back before we get off of Kreider, real quick, if you had to project a team for him to go to, who do you think he's going to go to? Just because he's the biggest name. I'll lead off to give you some time. I honestly think he's going to resign. The Rangers are a year, maybe, away from actually competing. 
they've got their defense figured out. They've got their forward core essentially figured out. I mean, goaltending is a is a walk for them. They just need to figure out which goalies they're not going to use, and that's it. I don't really see them needing to trade Kreider, especially if you know they get rid of somebody else at the deadline, which they very well might. I think they could just resign him, and he might take a hometown discount. I mean, yeah, maybe. The one team that I'm really thinking about, and I don't know why I keep thinking of them, but it keeps popping up in my head, but maybe the Bruins. I think he would fit in really well with them because he's physical, just like everyone else on the team, and he's also another top six forward they could just put in to score points. That will make their second line almost as good as their first line. I think it'll be, what, him and David Krejci? Yeah. And then... Maybe Kosh? Yeah. <sighs> Like that's that's a good line. That's a, that's a scary line. That's a very good line that could easily make up for on the off chance their top line doesn't do that much. Oh yeah, for sure. That that would be incredible, and I think they have the prospects to do it. I mean, they got a lot of guys they're probably not going to use because let's be honest, the Bruins have a couple more years of competing, just like every other big team, and they're probably going to have to rebuild a little bit. So go for it now. Why not? Moving on to the next big name. Speaking of the Bruins and the nightmares they give this team, the Leafs who are currently in a playoff spot, but may end up selling Tyson Berry off. Obviously, Berry has struggled a little bit. Defensively, we all know he's not strong. He's actually very poor defensively, but offensively, he struggled too. He's only got 30 points in just under 65 games. He hasn't been terrible defensively, but he hasn't been a game changer for them. And he's looked lost a lot all season. And that defense needs to improve if they want to take a serious run. Not to mention, he's a UFA, and he has really no inclination to resign there, aside from the fact that he's from the area. So I'm curious to see where he might end up. Yeah, he would probably go to a team that needs some scoring on the back end because he used to be known as a somewhat offensive defenseman. And now he's a fully offensive defenseman. Yeah. Where he's going to go is going to be interesting. I feel like the Leafs might just hold on to him because, I mean, their defensemen aren't that good. They're they're really not, and it's like I feel like they gave up a lot to get him. So it's like I feel like they're just gonna hold on to him and see if he's able to shake it off. Because they got they they what they sent Kadri in like a in like a pick or something for him and it like w- someone else. Yeah, it was like Kadri and there's a prospect I can't remember who it was at the top of my head. Like a defensive prospect, and the defensive prospect hasn't really worked out for them. But I mean Kerfoot's been good coming back in the trade. Kerfoot's been well playing well for them. Barry has not. So, so do we know why Barry's playing bad? Like, who he used to? Who was his pairing when he was with Colorado? He was with Eric Johnson. Okay, Eric Johnson. He's, I believe, he's a stay-at-home defenseman, right? He was offensive for a while, and he kind of switched. Yeah, but he's he's better defensively. More importantly, he had Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon's one of the quickest players on earth. You know, he's able to backtrack. McKinnon actually like talked about him in the offseason when they got traded. How he'd like. Basically tell Barry, stay on the ice, I want you to come up with me and play forward on a power play. Like, I just don't think Barry's found that with Matthews. And no disrespect to the Leafs, but they really only have one, like, good player who's also defensively sound, and that's John Tavares. And he doesn't play with Tavares, like, because Barry's number two. And with Riley out, he's playing with Cody Cece now. And Cece, Barry has not looked good either. Yeah, Cece, I don't remember him ever looking good. No, and I mean... He probably shouldn't have been put in the position he was in. Ottawa fumbled his development quite badly. He, although, again, like, he's another one of those defensemen that, on the Leafs, how much can you really blame him for? Like, he knows what he is. The Leafs knew what he was. The, like, they made that trade to dump sites. Like, CeCe's done after this year. He's not coming back. But when you're left on this deal, 
that doesn't mean you have to run him out there every game. It's Cody Cece should be your seventh defenseman. And this is what I've been saying. I think the Leafs, for as much as they're paying those forwards, should expect way better, and they're just not getting it anywhere on the ice, except for maybe goaltending. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, Barry, I feel like he works best when he's with a defenseman that compliments him well, and CC doesn't compliment with anybody. <laughs> Yeah, that's unfortunately, that's just true. and I, and I feel bad. Cause I, I feel bad for him. I really do. But it's like, that's just the player he is. You know, and that's exactly that's what he is. Like, it's not his fault that he's not good. He's an NHL player, to a certain extent. But he's just not. He shouldn't be your top pairing defenseman. He shouldn't be your top four. Like, that's a six seven guy. Jumping on from the Leafs, staying in Canada, Dustin Bufflin, will he or won't he? Is the question right now? I thought, didn't the Jets release his rights or something like that? Supposedly, but like it's been all quiet on the Western Front since then. Like I haven't heard anything about him staying or going. For Saros, I don't think he's gonna stay with the Jets. Oh, absolutely not. After, I'm so confused with that whole situation, and he's just gonna get out. As for where he could go, again, a team that needs defensemen or a power forward that plays defense that's a good way to put it but what team needs that i can think of a few because if for starters if he comes like assuming he gets released that means his contract's done so he can come on like a league man one-year deal and sign with anybody even if he comes on for like a mill right because he can come on he's still gonna be getting paid by the jets so he doesn't have to sign a big deal right now if he goes and plays for like i mean i've heard a lot about the Leafs picking him up but the Leafs have also been tied to Zach Bogosian and any other big defenseman that could be cheap. But yeah, I mean, Bufflin's got options. Maybe Chicago will reunite there. I mean, they might be a playoff team this year. Maybe. Uh, he's got options. Uh, and if you recall, actually, this isn't the second time this has happened because essentially the Bufflin situation was he felt he was misdiagnosed. The Jets disagreed. They went back and forth and Bufflin decided, well, I'm going to shut it down. And the last time this happened was with Evander Kane when Bufflin threw his tracksuit in the shower. Evander Kane declined to have offseason surgery. He's going to play it out and see what he can do. The Jets kind of screwed him over. He said, all right, I'm going to get the offseason surgery, and it's the end of my deal. I'm going to go. And he turned around and screwed them. Like, this might be a problem with the Jets. Because, like I said, this isn't the first time it's happened. Like, maybe Kevin Dayoff just isn't a good GM when it comes to player management. Yeah, he's good at player acquisition. Well, I mean, he didn't have to do much. Oh. It's for 2014, and now he made one trade. Oh, sorry, up until last season he made one trade. Yeah, he had the the trade for... Andrew Ladd. That was like the first one that kicked off him making moves again. And and then there's the one with Paul Stasny. Yeah, which, again, like that was like when he started making moves. There was like a time period for, of like five years where he didn't make any trades. Like he made like small acquisitions. And I think in like 2018 like that changed, but... But then again, he also <laughs> let go like two of their top defensemen. And now with Bufflin, three of three? the top yep. four... And that's bad. Yeah, yeah, Neil, Maybe Winnipeg's going to be in the market for these other defensive Winnipeg free agents. Winnipeg should be a seller, honestly. I don't think they have what it takes to compete right now. They have a solid core, but they don't have anything around that core. And, like, they're getting everything they can out of Patrick Laine. Like, he's been great this season. Very quietly, like, a great player. Mark Shifley's been good. Like, Connor Hellebuck went from having a Vesna season to having a terrible season. Like, he's... I don't know if he's the goalie there, but that's a, that's a discussion for another time. They have so many issues. Like, are they actually serious contenders? They... Okay, well, Laine's playing good. Kyle Connor's playing incredible. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Shifley's playing great. Blake Wheeler's playing great, but he's also getting up 34. there. He's 
you know, how long is he going to keep this up? I mean, he's not going to always be able to put up these 90-point seasons. Well, also, Kyle Connor's name was in the rumor mill. Like, he was rumored to go to Colorado, not to, like, like, a week ago. Like, if you, if you trade Kyle Connor, that's it. It's over. Just sell it. Like, you're done. Like, what do you have left to prove? You're, you're done. Get rid of Maurice. Get rid of Shovel Day off and start anew. Give your fans something to do. I don't know if they're a, not a contender, but they, they need to seriously consider it. I mean, the team's playing tough despite the massive issues they have on the back end. Like, they have, like, maybe two NHL defensemen that are playing, and neither of which are a top-pairing defenseman. But yeah, truly. I saw somebody say that they missed Ben Shearaw. Like, if you're missing Ben Shearaw, you're probably in trouble. That's bad. He was, like, their number four, I think. If that. So, well, um, that's pretty rough. But, yeah, that's, we'll see what happens there. That could be a move at the deadline, we might say. The big one, and this is the one I... Obviously not the biggest name, but I'm really interested to see... Will Jumbo leave San Jose? I think under the right circumstance. Because he said last night before the game, he's interested in playing for a contender. Like, that's something he might consider. I'm just saying, Boston? Like, Yeah, I was going to say, they need more centers. Why not reunite them? They have Bergeron, they have Crazy, and then who's their other centers? Corrali? Who? Sean Curley? Never heard of him. But, but <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much like that's how their center's depth is. It's not yeah. the best, and that's the perfect slot for him, Joe Thornton. Like, yes, pull him he's on the, big, <laughs> pull him on the third pairing, and yeah, Jumble Joe, big guy, and he's still having a decent season for his age. He has like what, like thirty points. Let's check in on the Don Sweeney checklist. He's big. All right, let's get him. <laughs> Literally, the Bruins has well, beard. Check. Well, then they're getting Bufflin too. You know what? They can, might. They can might you, just. Can you imagine? They're, they're Why not? Like, Boston's probably one of the scariest teams they're to the play against. They're the heaviest team in the NHL, I'm pretty they're, sure. They're the heaviest team in the NHL, and they also have an absurd top line, which is nuts. And a good goaltender, too, for measure. Yeah. So, like... Two good goalies. That's hard to play against. Like, the Capitals are built like that, too. Yeah, they're, they're a little bit more rugged, a little bit... I mean, they have Gudis now, and Gudis is just a goon. Yeah. We'll see what happens with Jumbo. I still think he's going to stay. We'll see. Yeah, I think the only team he would go to is back to Boston. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Because Tampa doesn't need him. The Leafs, I, I don't see them going for him after their failed experiment with... Oh, Marlowe? Yeah. Who's also on the board. Yeah. I mean, this is what happens when you hold on to your core for too long. They're great when they're in their late 20s. Once they hit 38, 39, 40, 41, you have to like... You, you can hold on to one of them. You can't hold on to, like, all six. And I mean, it's fine if they won a cup out of it. Like, if you won your cup and then you sign a deal, you do what you had to do. However, the Sharks have not won a cup. They traded for Carlson, but then signed him to a ludicrous deal, knowing he isn't Eric Carlson of old completely. Like, he's not his prime. Mark Edward Vlasic's deal just kicked in, and he signed for eight more years. Brent Burns is signed for six. That defense is atrocious defensively with well, those three players. Well, yeah, that's because, first off, Eric Carlson and Brent Burns are not defensemen. They're forwards on the back end. And who were they playing last night? I can't remember who they were playing. The shots were 22-3. to The score was 1-1. Martin Jones is not an NHL goalie. Martin Jones is not an NHL goalie. David Ayers is better than Martin Jones. Martin Jones' career is done. Like, I don't think he's... If he goes somewhere else, he can get it back, possibly. He is not a goalie in what, San Jose. What happened to Martin Jones? Well, first of all, his defense... Doesn't defense. So that's that's not on him. But he doesn't have a glove side. He's weak down low. And he's not strong on his offside. What is he strong at? 
He's letting in floaters from the point. He's getting beat on wraparounds this season. He needs to get a better goalie coach, or he needs to go somewhere else with a change of scenery. I feel like his confidence is destroyed. I mean, like the past two years, like like last year, he had thirty wins and like a below nine hundred save he percentage. He had eight fifty seven for a while this season. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's got supplanted by Aaron Dell. How bad is and that? And Aaron Dell is below 900. Yeah, like, like is, is that on them? Like, are, they, are they just bad? Or is it the defense? Or is it both? Like, I, I don't believe that inherently Martin Jones is a bad goalie. And even at age 31, I don't think Martin Jones is done. But if he stays in San Jose, he is. Because if he stays there, he's not going to play anymore. He's going to get usurped, and he's not going to be a goalie. He's got to go somewhere else. If they're smart, they'll cut bait in the offseason, which it sounds like they're doing. With all their players, and they'll retool, and Morton Jones will get to play hockey and not be terrible. And that'll be it. Moving right along here, speaking of goalies, the New York Rangers, scratch technical inquest twice now. Is it the end of an era in New York? How is Chesterkin playing? Fantastic. He is legit. And of course, it's a small sample size, but he looks downright unbeatable. Well, I mean, maybe. Lundqvist hasn't looked the same the past couple of years. I feel like it might be it. He hasn't been bad, but it's been a bad team, and he hasn't been good either. Maybe he goes to contender. He can absolutely. He's still a good goalie. He's, he, he's still an average goalie. He he could play for a good team. Yep. The problem is that the Rangers aren't a good team. I think if you trade him to somewhere that needs a goalie, like literally anywhere, Lundqvist can get it back. I think they want to hold on to Gorgiev, and it makes sense. He's twenty six. Lundqvist is 35, 30, 36. Like, and of course, Chester kid's like 24. Like, they want to keep their young goalies. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Just, you got to do something. You can't have three goalies. You can't do this. You, you've got to get something for one of them. Obviously, it's not Shesterkin. It's going to be Gorgiev or Lundqvist. It probably should be Lundqvist. We know he's going to come back, and we know Lundqvist is going to have a job there as soon as he's done. Let him go win a cup. Yeah, but what team? What not team? Like, he can go play for anybody. Like, not a, Tampa. With the right cap. If Arizona's serious about a push, I think Arizona. They've got the cap to do it, and they need a goalie badly. Darcy Kemper's probably not coming back till mid-March, and Ranta has been good, but he needs help. Like, it's not that their backup there is bad. I don't remember who their backup is. He's like a... In Hill? In Hill. He's not bad. He's, he's a decent goalie, but he's not really a make-or-break guy, right? It's like, like, there's a reason why he's the number three. You can absolutely... And Ranta Lundquist, that was a tandem. He'd be comfortable in that situation. You know what I mean? That's who I think. I don't know about you. A lot of the contenders are kind of set at goaltender. Maybe the... Yeah, I don't know. Well, let me float you two more options, okay? Last night, Jakob Markstrom went down with an injury. Vancouver could be an option there. And then last night, too, what caused David Ayers to play? Peter Mrazek might be out for a while. We, we don't know. It might not be anything. But we know for a fact that James Reimer has struggled, and he's also hurt. They could use goalie help there, too, and Carolina has the cap. Why not make a play I on that? I think Carolina might be an amazing option for Lundqvist. I think so, too. It's close to home, too. Was that a three-hour flight? Just about. Like, he can, like, his family could just chill in New York for the season. He can go to Carolina. If he doesn't like it there, you can get traded. He's only got two years left. Like, he can go play there. Well, they have a good defense. A great defense. They, I forget what the style of hockey is that they play, but analytics love it. It's very, like, run and gun. Like, I would call it, to bring out, like, a like a soccer term, gigging pressing. Like, they just, when they lose possession, they counterattack and get it right back. That's kind of how they play. I love it. It's very fast. 
Justin Williams is back with them, and they have good, I mean, they have good got, leadership there too. So like got two legitimate stars on defense, and Dougie Hamilton and Jakob Slavin. Well, the only thing is that Hamilton's out for the year. Yeah. So, but you know what? He'll be fine next year. And Lundqvist is another year left. He's not that bad money. What's he make? Like five point eight, five point nine. He's not that expensive. I know that could be an option too. We'll see. That the king might have a new uh, new throne very soon. So uh, we're gonna switch to the conferences quickly. The Minnesota Wild. They're in the middle of a teardown, kind of. Kind of. There's been rumors about Dumba and Brodeen moving. Brodeen is a really good defenseman any team would love to have. And we know they want prospects for him. And Dumba could move. And I think a lot of teams would probably rather Dumba because he's the flashier name. You know, I, I know if Pittsburgh went for Dumba, I'd be excited. I know they won't. but I, I remember Tampa tried going for Dumba one year. Oh, yeah, that's what they need, more good players. I mean... With the amount of good players they had, they still got bounced first round, so it doesn't hurt to be safe. But yeah, back to the Wild. So with that in mind, like at some point in the past week or so, I literally just heard it on the Steve Dangle podcast that they were talking about the Athletics' Michael Russo sat down with Bruce Boudreau and talked about his firing. He talked with him when he was with his family, talked about you know what he wants to do now. If I remember the story right, Garen drove down to the practice facility that the Wild use after the Wild were 7-3 and all in their past done. He said he agonized over this for a couple weeks. He walked in the room, told Bruce, I want to make a change. He said, are you firing me? He said, yes. He goes, are you kidding me? (laughs) And that was it. So Boudreau said he wants to coach again. I don't think that he is the reason the Wild are bad. I think he's the reason the Wild had some hope there. Bruce Boudreau is a hell of a coach. And, man, Ron Francis has a lot of good options for Seattle now, doesn't he? He might also be able to go to the Stars because they're, be the they're, they're definitely not, whoever their interim is, he, he's yeah, definitely, is. he is not, he is not staying as their interim. And like, I think of teams that could use a good coach, maybe on the up and coming, the Devils, the, the Leafs might not want Keith around the whole time. I mean, there's a ton of teams that can use Bruce Pedro, let's be honest. Bruce Pedro is probably better than 95% of the coaches in the NHL. Bruce Boudreau is the reason why the Wild were even in the playoffs past couple of yep. years. And I mean, he's just... And it's like, I believe they won their division one year, even though they didn't really have anybody. Yeah, and he's like, he's always been a good coach. And I mean, he's still going to coach for a while. He just can't seem to find that magic in the Stanley Cup. But I think with the right team, like every team he's been on has been kind of the same, like rugged, not good, not great. But man, if he goes to a team like Toronto or like in New Jersey, like man, that would be, I mean, you get some real talent there. I mean, yeah, he hasn't had that Stanley Cup magic, but for many years, the same could be said with Barry Trotz. Yeah. And then he had that one season, and now his legacy is guaranteed. Oh, but I think Bruce Boudreau's legacy is already guaranteed. I think he's if he gets a cup, he's immortalized, you know? So the, the Wild are an interesting team to watch. I don't know if they're going to be buyers or sellers or anything in between, but I'm really excited to see what happens there. That could be a glorious tire fire. Moving right along here, as far as the trade deadline goes, there hasn't been a lot of rumors. Out. Like you said, it's a little bit understated this year who do you see being the biggest buyer and seller i could see the hurricanes going all in to get a goaltender and the two names i could think of are hemrick lundquist and jonathan quick oh that's an interesting one actually i mean because jonathan quick he's playing okay with the kings but he's in a similar situation with lundquist where it's like he can't carry the team anymore like he used to he's at the stage in his career where he needs a good team around him to succeed 
That's fair. I think that's actually a good one. The Carolina Hurricanes obviously need some help. They can get that there. And as for sellers, I think a lot of teams could be sellers. Kings, Sharks, Wild. I can see the Red Wings even selling a couple older players to grab like a maybe like a fifth or a sixth here and there. I mean, they still have Jonathan Erickson as one of their defensemen. Oh, come on. Like, he's not that bad. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's terrible. Yeah, I think he just got sent down the I, other day. He's, he's a, he can still play, probably. He, 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 can, he can play, like, maybe in the ECHL. As far as buyers go, I got a surprise pick. There's the Philadelphia Flyers. I'll tell you why. They're making a legitimate run this year. They're going to be in the playoffs, probably. Carter Hart's playing very well. He's been a little struggling of late, but he'll be all right. They seem to have figured out goaltending, but, man, like, they could be in the market. Lundqvist could go there, potentially. I think Quick is a guy who could definitely go there. They've been in the rumor mill to go get Carter again. And the one that I think could really change them is Chris Kreider. Like, we didn't talk about that when we were talking about him, but, like, he fits their style of play. He, you know, he grinds it out. He puts the points. He's like Wayne Simmons was a couple of years ago. Why not? So that's what I would say. Yeah, and I can see them shopping Ghost. We'll see. Maybe ghosts and something for Kreider. That could, that, that could be something interesting for the Rangers because the Rangers, aside from uh, D'Angelo and Fox, like, I don't recall them really having that many good defensemen. Actually, they have a lot of good prospects, though. And I know that they just want forwards, so we'll see. As far as sellers go, like you said, there's a lot of teams. If I had to pick one out of a hat, I'd say probably probably San Jose. I think they need to sell. They're the weakest team right now. So maybe just sell off the assets and cut bait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just stockpile picks. I mean, because those players, they have... I mean, in a vacuum, they're still very good players. I mean, I don't see them moving Kane. They just signed him. But, yeah, I know, that's fair. But they could probably move Coacher. Coacher, maybe or, like Jumbo, Marlowe, maybe even Burns. That one would be hard. Burns and Carlson would be hard to move because of their contracts and because... I think you could find a taker for Carlson. I think he's good enough because he's still a good player. He's still a great player. Maybe Tampa. Tampa maybe, tried. May, honestly, maybe Tampa. Tampa tried really hard getting them. Didn't work out. I think they could be a fit if they get the cap. So as far as like teams that might need to consider who they are and what they are... I would not have put the Habs and the Leafs here at the start of the season, but here we are. Like, I probably would have said the Oilers, but the Oilers are doing fine. Are the Leafs a pretender or a contender to you? I think they're a pretender because they have a lot of talent, but they can't seem to get it together, and that falls on coaching. Teams that don't have good coaching show that in the playoffs. You need to have good coaching in order to advance. You could get away with it in the regular season, but like once playoffs start, that's when real hockey happens. Then, and if they're going up against a team like say like the Blue Jackets, they're screwed. They're screwed no matter who they play. They have better players than most of the teams in the East, but they just there's something they're missing, and I feel like that's coaching. It very well might be. I too think that they might be pretenders. I don't think that they necessarily have what it takes to play a seven game series against Boston or somebody like like of that talent level, but uh, I guess it all depends on what they do at the deadline. Yeah, let me say that I think it's too early to throw the book out on Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, no fair. That's fair. I mean, he was incredible with the Marlies. Right. I mean, I think we need to have a wait-and-see approach with him. Yeah, but I, 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 I definitely think... see them being pretenders this year, though. Without a doubt. I think they need to like give him full control of the team for a season, then see what happens. And as far as the Canadians, uh, what do you think about them? They're interesting in the fact that they have a good coach. And they have good players, but their goaltending's just not there, which is really weird to say because Carey Price used to carry that team. Like, he won three trophies in one year. 
and he dragged that team to the second round, like, in 2015-16. They have good forwards. They have an amazing forward core. Well, I mean, a great top line, I should a, a say. A good forward like, core. Like, Tatar's great. Denault. Philip Denault. Yeah, he, very underrated two-way forward that yeah, no, no he's one really good. talks he's, about. He's incredible. Domi. I mean, like, well, Domi struggled a lot, though, and he's one that they're talking about moving, potentially. Yeah, I, I remember he had a huge year last year. And now Tatar's having a big year this year. Well, I think the Habs, they might need to sell. I don't think they have what it takes to compete this year. They've already talked about moving Domi. He definitely needs a change of scenery. And, again, a team that doesn't need to get better but might, they've talked about Carey Price, and he might go to the Avalanche, which wouldn't that be just hilarious that a French team with a great goalie goes to the Avalanche. I feel like if Carey Price could actually play like how he used to, they'll be completely fine. But he hasn't been able to yet. And it's been like that for two years now, at least. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Before we, before we wrap on the trade deadline, one thing I wanted to talk about, as we do with any trade deadline, is draft picks. Draft picks equal future talents. And as anybody who listens knows, there is one player in this draft that we both love very dearly. Who is that, Parker? Alexis Lafreniere. Have you kept up with Lafreniere's season? I have not. Okay. He has 101 points and just under 50 games played. He's got about 20 more games to go. In the past, we'll say since 2000, because Brad Richards had like 180 points in 2000. Do you know who the only other player in the past 20 years to hit that like point total of 180? What league is he playing in? The QMJHL. If I remember, I feel like that was John Tavares. It was not John Tavares. John Tavares put in the OHL. Okay. You're never going to guess this name. Yeah, I know. I, I know it's not one of the obvious names. I've never even heard of this guy until I looked it up today. Who? Simone Gamache. Yeah, no. Nope. In 2001, he had 184 points in 72 games played. I couldn't tell you a single thing about Simone Gamache. So he was a huge bust then, right? I assume? Looks like he got drafted, actually, surprisingly, 290th overall by the Atlanta Thrashers. So maybe not a bust. He just wasn't good. But he is in the Hall of Fame class this year, actually. I just saw that pop up on my thing. He's in the 2020 Hall of Fame class for the for, QMJHL. Okay, I was going to say for the NHL. Like, what? So that's pretty funny. But yeah, I just I, I thought it would be interesting to compare. And I mean, of course, the QMJHL is notoriously terrible, like as far as like goaltending and defense go. It's just all scoring. So we'll see. I think he might be able to hit 200. Because when you get to 200 points, you get to like the 80s and 90s where players like really tore it up. Like, I mean, really tore it up. I mean, even Crosby wasn't on the list. I think something, because he played for the same team. He played for Ramuski. At least not the list I saw. Anything else you want to cover today? When does the draft lottery start? Draft lottery is usually like April. I, I don't know exactly when it is. I don't think they've actually announced the day yet. It's like April or early May. I was going to say, if the Red Wings get the top pick, and they get Lafreniere, <sighs> they'll be just fine. We'll see. What might be a fun situation is Ottawa last year gave Colorado their pick, which ended up being top five. San Jose doesn't have their first-round pick this year. And they're a team that needs their first-round pick. Oh, yes. And they need a high first-round pick. Yeah, and they're going to have a high first-round pick. It just won't be theirs. Wouldn't that be hilarious if Ottawa got Lafreniere and Quentin Byfield? I mean, Ottawa might be able to turn around quickly. I mean, they were a dumpster fire last year. They're really not that bad this year this year, they're respectable. They're, like, who's their coach? DJ Smith? Yeah, he was, like, saying... Uh, you know, they're going to be flying all around the ice, and that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, like, they've got good defense. They, their goaltending is decent still. 
if they go out and get a goalie, which we talked about a lot of goalies, they might be in the market. Mark Borowiecki is having his best offensive hey, season hey, hey. ever. Mark Borowiecki. Let's say it right now. He's got one of those Polish names, like one you of those like kind of... you kidding me? Like one of those names that don't sound like they're spelled? Anyways, he is having by far the best offensive season of his career, and this guy's a known goon. This guy has no teeth. Does he have more goals than he has teeth? I think so. I think he has like 13 goals. I think he's, he's only like, got like four teeth. Who would have guessed before the season started that the Ottawa Senators would be doing better than the San Jose Sharks? I don't know if they're actually doing better, but they're on a better track. Yeah, he has seven goals, 11 assists, 18 points. Now, that doesn't sound too impressive, but it does sound impressive. But it does sound impressive when last year he had five points. Yeah. So, so I mean, hey, DJ Smith, I think he's doing a great job in Ottawa, and I think they're going to just get better. It's sort of the same situation with the guy in Colorado. First year was terrible, and now they're tearing it up. Oh, Jerry Bender. Yeah, I, I don't know if DJ Smith is the long-term solution there. I think after they're ready to compete, like, maybe you change course. Again, Boudreaux, maybe. <laughs> I think right now the Senators are just fine, and they're going to be okay. I mean, they're a tough out. They're not an easy team to beat. Yeah, they work very hard. That is one thing. I think that's about it for today, right? So, of course, as soon as we record this, I'm sure there's going to be a trade. You know what? Before we actually call it, I'm going to check my feed quickly. Because I know as soon as we're done, there's going to be something big happening. There's been a lot of rumors already this morning. Yeah, nothing as of right now. So, can't wait till uh, this show is immediately outdated. Hopefully, your team... Whoever you support does something smart tomorrow. And if you're a Sharks fan, I'm very sorry. Yeah, don't be daft. Uh, t- like we say, don't be daft. <laughs> because this is this is the daftest time of the year. And this is Hockey Christmas. Thank you all for listening. And like we said, hopefully your team is smarter than the rest. Enjoy tomorrow, and we'll see you next week.